the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. This episode of The Sessions is brought to you in part by me, Baby Nora, and one slice of cheese. Do you have anything to say, baby? She just tried to bite the mic. She didn't really have much to say. Um, welcome to The Sessions, guys. This is a really um, exciting episode. Because this is, in fact, a redo of what was an unreleased episode of The Sessions. So back in, like, October, I had on Big Swole. We broke down all sorts of things, had a great conversation. The only thing that was rough was, as I do in this exact same moment, I had Nora on my hip, and she was unfortunately crying the whole time. This was, like, me learning how to, you know, I'd been doing the show at this point, she had almost a year But you get yourself in a situation sometimes where I'm like, oh my God, I have this interview booked, but I don't have anybody to pass the baby off to. I thought that I was going to, and then I didn't. And here I am like trying to conduct an interview with Swole. Nora is crying. She's having a bad time. Obviously, Swole's having a bad time and me perhaps having the worst time of all because I felt so guilty to everybody involved that I was like, this cannot see the light of day. We had like, which sucked, obviously. We had such a cool conversation. Um, And Swole has such an interesting story and is such an interesting person that it obviously didn't feel right to release that episode because it just would have had, Amelia would have had to hack it to bits to make it even possible for you guys to hear it. So anyways, ever since then, a lot of shit has gone down for me, for Swole. So I was so happy that we could jump back on here and have a redo of this interview and give it the proper time have a proper hang, no distractions, none of that crap. So I was so happy to have her back on and um, yeah, just talk all things Big Swole, what she's up to, some of her like passion projects she's working on, her relationship with Cedric, mom life, wrestling life, her, her musical aspects, you know, doing all of these things while battling Crohn's disease. We talked about a ton of stuff. So let's get into it. For me and Nora, not crying this time. We present to you, Big Swole. How are you? What's going on? 
I'm good. I am finally at peace. You know, like I just have that overwhelming feeling of just I'm exhaling. As I used to say back in the 90s, I'm I'm exhaling and finally being just me. And it's it's been a wonderful experience. Like, I love it. What has that experience been like for you? I mean, I know I had a similar feeling of like, I feel like there was different moments of that exhale of like, okay, this decision has been made to move forward in this direction. But then it's like, there can always be like a little bit of uncertainty with what the next thing's going to be that, I mean, for me can make me become very tense again immediately um, to, to, yeah, then just finding those other moments to exhale. So what has that process been like for you? It was rough. Like, I'm not going to, of course, sugarcoat it. Like, oh, it was great. It was amazing. Like the final product is amazing, but going through the fire hurt like hell. <laughs> like it was a lot of, okay, inward shadow work. Like what, what are you, what am I blaming you for? You know, like, okay. And what I need to stop blaming myself for. And just giving up that control, because I used to be a type of person where I love to have just control, you know, like, I'm like, okay, this is the way it should be. Uh, I get a little bit of my mom's A-type personality sprinkled on onto me, <laughs> but uh, it was heartbreaking. It was sad. It was uplifting. Uh, it was difficult finding that, okay, what do you want to do next? You know, like, what do you want to do? And diving into that and then realizing I'm not myself. I don't feel like myself anymore. What I lost myself along the way. Somewhere. What a mind fuck that <laughs> yeah. is, huh? Man, like what an unexpected thing to happen. And everyone goes through that at some point or another where you have to like really check yourself, look yourself in the mirror and be like, what do I want? Who am I? How do I get back to being that chick? That was all of these things that made me great that now I feel like I don't have control of right now. I feel that way a lot anyways. Yes, it was, it was a lot of stress. And uh, stress is just no bueno for my body. Like it, it immediately goes completely downhill uh, if there's any kind of big stress around. And so I just had to find other ways to like cope and other ways to put like my energy into like getting my routines down, like my morning routine. Okay, this is what I like to do. This is what I enjoy having like family Fridays and girl Mondays with my daughter and stuff like that. Just, you know, me days, having a plan. Like I said, that, that little control part, like it was easy to, <laughs> yeah. to follow a plan. <laughs> oh my God. I know it's really hard. Like that's the one thing. And like, you know, I've been gone from WWE coming up on almost two years. It'll be two years in August. So a little bit of time away, but that's the thing I still struggle with is like my schedule. What have I booked here? What is happening here? Like I am fucking rotten at that. Oh my God. Are you, are you good at that? I'm good if it's written down or like if it's in a note or something like that. Like if it's just like, I'm trusting all that to be up here. <laughs> now when I have all this to take care of, like I know. I'm like out of sight, out of mind. But that's why I have like bulletin boards, I have dry erase boards around the house. I have to make sure I remember or else I'm like, what do I have to do today? Like today, I thought today was Thursday. I was prepared to go to training and everything. And then I was like, no, today's Wednesday. Well, damn. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. It's so hard to, like, stay on top of shit. And the weeks go by so fast. I don't know if that's just, like, mom life does that or, like, holy shit, time just flies. Okay, so during this time that you've had for yourself, 
what are some things that you've like discovered about yourself or like really realized are like the things that you want that are propelling you forward? My biggest one was uh, just things that I want. I want, I want them so badly, but they're not in my path. They're not, you know, mine by divine right. Like it was hard letting go of things that wasn't for me, that wasn't serving me, but I still wanted them around because like, you know, if if it was just people or the things that I was doing, my love for wrestling kind of changed in between this whole entire thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel it like I used to. Where is it? Do I want it back? That was such a hard question for me. Like, do you want that back? Think about the stress and everything. I've been more sick time, you know, when I was wrestling ever. It was, it was hard. Like a lot of, a lot of crying. It's my biggest lesson was being okay with not being okay and being okay with giving up something, you know, cause I'm just so used to, okay, this has to be perfect. This type of way, uh, you, you know, I'm used to getting not necessarily what I want, but I expect things in my life. And when things don't go out the way I planned, it was just hard to like let go. Being in the driver's seat and being in control, but then like the shit that you just simply can't control. It's infuriating when you're like, wait, I want this in my path. How do I keep these things going? And then you're like, wait, maybe, maybe I'm fighting this too hard or whatever. I heard this quote and it completely changed my whole perspective. It was like, you may be good, but God may want better. And I was like, you know what, what I'm holding on to is good for me. It's great. But if I saw what was next, I wouldn't be holding on so hard with my whole entire life. You know, that's what's causing issues in, you know, in my life and probably in other people's lives. You're just holding on to things because it's comfortable. What do you want to be next? What are the things that you are writing on these dry erase boards and the things that you are manifesting? Like as you've gone through this shift and either reestablishing your love with pro wrestling or finding other things to fill that, what, what does that all look like for you? And all honestly, the goal is still the same because I always just wanted to use whatever I'm doing to touch somebody, to reach somebody, to tell my story and everything like that. So now it's more so like I'm working on my book. Like I, I finally have like my editor and everything. And like my, my brother, he owns, like he's a part of a publishing company. So I'm putting everything into words about everything I've went through because I feel like it can help somebody along the way. Then I've done my job. Also just using my voice, like I'm going out and doing motivational speaking and stuff and just using whatever I have to reach people. That's all I want to do with my life is just to help other people smile. How does someone become a motivational speaker? Like, who do you reach out to to be like, hey, this is a thing that I'm going to be good at or a thing that I'm interested in? Is somebody coming to you and offering this up? Like, how does that work? Well, sometimes people come to me like, oh, we want to set you up with going to this university or something like that. Or I have past teachers and also friends who became teachers. I come in for the great American teach-in you know, just a little <laughs> razzle dazzle in between the lawyers and the doctors of the world. <laughs> like, oh, my friends <laughs> Let's get some wrestling. Right. Yeah. Let's get some here. <laughs> Let's tell it to me like a TI is, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like just like word of mouth, a lot of networking. Uh, like I do podcasts, like to my call-in show and everything. And I have people that listen to that. And then they're like, hey, you would be great. I had to come into my school and talking to these kids because somebody's got to talk to these children. <laughs> you know, like I had so many great influences in my life and I just wish that for everybody. So you can have that confidence. So you can have that like 
wherewithal. Who were some of the influences that you had? I mean, obviously you are a very strong, bold woman. How did you become this woman? My mama. Ooh, my mama. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Miss Mary Ann. She taught me everything, everything I need to know. And my dad taught me some things. My biological dad as, as well. My parents in general, they taught me a lot. My I guess people call them bonus dads, stepdads. I just call them dad. But he's also a pastor like other people in my family are. So uh, it was easy to just latch on to the knowledge they were willing to give and the tutelage that they were willing like to bestow upon me and sit me down and like, hey, this is how this works. Or, hey, this is what worked for me. My mom used to say like, hey, you better listen to me because I love you. This world don't love you. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> Good point, mom. Right. It's like you can you like that world. They don't that world's going to teach you some things. And I'd rather you learn the lessons now, you know, while you have a covering, while you have a protection. than when you get out there and you're necessarily on your own. So it was just easy to soak it up because I saw what my mom went through. I saw what my parents went through and I know I didn't want that for me. And my mom always told me that she wanted better for me. What kind of things did they go through? What kind of things like did you see that you knew that that you wanted to change uh, in, in your life, your like adult life? My mom was a complete hustler. Like she would work and work to make ends meet for us and for me to have like the shoes that I wanted and stuff like that. And she worked long hours, sometimes double job, like working at the bus driving and then at night going to be like a clerk. So like she was missing like all my games and everything, but there was food on the table. She never had anybody tell her, you can do it. Like my grandmother wasn't necessarily the most supportive because she had all these other things going on in her life. And my mom didn't get that boost. And so like, and neither did my dad. So this kind of settled into different jobs. We ended up working for them. But uh, my mom told me I could be anything and do anything and not to settle. Just, you know, you can make things work for yourself without, you know, settling. Let's talk mom life here for a second because I have been having one of those damn days. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like, it's, you know, I feel like today was one of those days where like I piled too much shit on my plate. I had like meeting, interview, meeting, interview, this phone call, this thing. And all the while it's like John's on the road today. So I've got like the baby on my hip. Uh, at one point, I, I thought she had like spilled water on her diaper. She was like, her big thing is drinking water out of a, a water bottle right now. And then I was like, oh my God, she like pooped and I didn't realize. So like, I feel horrible about this. Then like the dog knocked her over at one point. I'm like, oh my God. I just felt like I was like failing as a mom. Or I'm like, I've done too much today. I didn't get to just like fully give her all the attention that she needed. And it's just like those days when you really just try to do it all. And you're like, did I do anything well today? I have no idea. But I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's well-intentioned. Obviously, I'm trying to do the best that I can with everything. But then, yeah, I mean, it's also just taking the time. I literally like... As I finished my last thing, I was like, I am clearing my schedule for a minute. I am not taking on anything else new for a second because I need to slow down. There's too much happening. Um, Have you ever had a day like that? Or like, give me a little mom talk here. I've had plenty of days like that, especially if it's a cook day. I feel like that's the most stressful day for me. It's because I'm like, okay, I have to get up early. All right. I have to take, make sure AJ gets to school on time. I have to make sure her hair is done in the morning. She likes the lollygag. So like, that's an issue. 
I mean, I guess it's it all starts with like 6 a.m. His alarm goes off. Now, usually my alarm goes off too, but if it's a school day, I'm like, no, I'm getting that extra sleep. But his alarm is just so loud. Like it's just the most annoying sound in the world. That is I'm like, John hey. too. It makes me like irate. Makes me yeah, livid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it scares me half to death. Every time I wake up, I'm like, oh, geez, it's like the like apocalypse is starting or something. Like, oh my gosh. Oh it's my God. I like Gabriel's horn. Oh my dude. <laughs> Like this, it, it wasn't this bad in the military. I can, I can do that all day now. I'm like, compared to this. <laughs> so, oh my God. John's is like this jingle. It's not even that it's loud. It just like goes off and then he snoozes and then it goes off. And I'm like, shut off your alarm. 10 snoozes later. Oh my God. Finally gets up and he's like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to be up right now. These guys. Yeah, that, that that pretty much starts my day. And then after AJ goes like to school, like it gets a little bit easier until I get to the dogs. And we just got a new dog. So we just got Sophia. Sophie, they're too hype for me in the morning. I'm not necessarily a morning person. I need to get my tea. I need to do something because, you know, I'm like intermediate fasting. So I, I can't eat until 12. And I'm like, Jesus kick the wheel type stuff but um it's always like somebody wants something type of thing and it's always on cook days where he's just like I need lunch money I forgot to bring lunch money so I have to go back to the school and do that and of course I want some time to myself after I work out and <laughs> which is like 30 minutes because then by that time I gotta go get her from school <laughs> and then I'm like okay let's have a little moment with you Okay. Okay. All right. We're breathing. All right. Now Cedric wants attention. Okay. Now Cedric wants attention. Okay. This is great. You've slept the rest, all the rest of the day after your workout and your rehab. So, okay. <laughs> now you get attention. All right. It's, it's damn near seven o'clock. I got to start dinner. Dinner takes two hours. No matter what I'm cooking, it takes two hours. I don't care what those Pinterest girls say on <laughs> 30 minutes or less is a lie. You got to get an air fryer. Do you have I, an air fryer? I do fryer? have an air fryer, but I'm like, I'm so old school. I'm like, look, these, these things that I eat, I, I require an oven. I just can't be frying things all willy-nilly. So I normally am totally on board with you with that. Where like, I want to be in there. I want to enjoy cooking. I want to like give the food the proper love and attention that it so deserves. But when I'm in a pinch, I'm like, those chicken, I'll, I buy like just like the thin little like ch- cut up chicken breasts, season them up in the air fryer, 10, 12 minutes, you're done. And on a busy day like that, I'll take it. I've got the cookbook and uh, I can really get some shit done in the kitchen, but I can also really cut some fucking corners if I need to. I'm I'm big on cutting corners. I'm big on getting like a croissant or a puff pastry. I'm like, I'm not making this from scratch. I'm just, you know, hmm, eliminate the steps. I'm like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I actually made some muffins today that just as like a thing that I was like, let me do a thing with Nora in the kitchen so she can like watch me doing a thing, whatever. And they... They taste good, but they um, they did not look Pinteresty to say the least. Baking baking's a real bitch, you know. I made some some strawberry pop tarts because I just refuse to eat the regular pop tarts. I know it's bad for my stomach and my lining. I'm like, I'm not doing it. So I'm like looking forward to those after this conversation. I'm going to tear them up. These are homemade pop tarts. Homemade pop tarts. I've been dying to do that. That has been on like my list as I'm like venturing out, kind of spreading my wings a little bit in the baking world, that's on my list of things to do because they look delicious, obviously better than just like a packaged Pop-Tart. 
I'd say no shade, but maybe there is a little bit of shade in there. They're thicker. It's better. And it's, you know, it's vegan. Are you vegan? No, no, but for my body, I choose to like to lean that way. So I don't, you know, do any cow products or anything like that. You know, I'd stay away from dairy and I try to limit like my meat intake. Like if I do decide to eat it, I'm like, okay. But then halfway through, I'm like, I don't want this. <laughs> so it has to be very small portions of meat, you know, but seafood I can, I can eat all day. When did you get diagnosed with Crohn's? April 3rd, 2008 my second birthday. Oh, oh, geez. Your second birthday? Yeah, my second birthday. So my parents call it. So I, I remember like it was yesterday. I was just going to see my doctor and I remember going to use the bathroom and nothing but blood came out of my, my orifices. The smart thing to do was to go home. And that's what I did. Instead of going back into the doctor's office, I was like, I just got to lay down. Like I was delirious and delusional. It was it was past the point where I wasn't thinking clearly at all. So my friend, Sarah, took me back home and my dad looked at me and he's like, you look like death. So my mom was like, all right, I'll give you a choice. You can stay here and take a nap or I could take you to the hospital. So I ended up in the back of my mom's car. I flatlined on the way to the hospital. So that was my second birthday. So when I, when I walked back up, I remember being in the hospital. Uh, I remember them getting out me out of the wheelchair and they were like, Okay, so your daughter's intestines are eating each other. So my small intestines were swallowing my large intestines. And he was like, in 30 minutes or less, it's like, it's going to burst. Your daughter will become septic and there's nothing we can do. She's going to die right here. Holy shit. What a betrayal of your body. A complete betrayal. And this is right before my 19th birthday. They put me to sleep. I wake up and there's tubes everywhere. There's tubes coming out of my nose. There's tubes coming out of my lady doctor came in and he said, oh, we will remove about a foot and a half of your intestines. Uh, you have Crohn's disease. And my sister was there and she was a nurse and she's a nurse. And she said, that's usually only in babies. So usually, yes, but it seems as though your body was laying dormant. Your Crohn's was laying dormant for the past 18 years. As I'm like shoveling down McDonald's and beef and all that other stuff that's just apparently bad. And it was like a big earth shattering kaboom <laughs> at, the, at the end. So they ended up taking out a foot and a half and um, I ended up becoming like getting C. diff, like abscesses all throughout like one day. This is like one day. They were like, oh, now you have C. diff. So nobody could come and see me without like full hazmat. Wait, so what is C. diff? It's like a viral infection almost. It's like bad. The worst bacteria you can ever have, like E. coli on steroids. When they find out it's so contagious that anybody who even like breathes in the air will automatically get it. And it could tarnish your whole like GI tract. And then the cherry on top was that the catheter made me swell up. And then I found out I was allergic to latex. And then that's when my mom knew that I was still a good girl. <laughs> Cause that would have been the most horrifying experience of my life probably to have that happen. <laughs> oh my God. That's horrifying. Right. Yeah. My mom was like, it's like a baseball. <laughs> like, she was like, there's nothing wrong down there, mom. Like, she's like, oh Holy my God. Crap. It, yeah, it was the most wow. interesting day of my life. <laughs> I have like a very minor latex allergy, which is on the only way I know about it is from eyelash glue that it would like fuck up my eyelids, but like I couldn't imagine that happening to my vagine. Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. 
Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, new customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada, my home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable set credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HO. NY or text Hope NY for New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Okay, so what happens after the C diff? Like how did they what like what they do to fix you? A lot of antibiotics. Um they pretty much had to put me on TPN because I wasn't taking uh food well. So I had to have a pick line in my arm straight to my heart because the IVs were all blowing out. Like the one in my neck swelled up to like a, another base. Like it was like a grapefruit actually. Just more from the latex? Well, no, this was just because my body was rejecting every needle. So they had to put me on TPN and I had to be fed that way for about two weeks. And then uh, it was just a lot of antibiotics, a lot of gastroenterologists coming in and like, okay, you're on this now, you're on this now. Uh, I was taking about 15 to 17 pills a day. Uh, just to combat the Crohn's disease because it was just, the level was so high. What exactly is Crohn's disease? I mean, I hear about it. I have like an idea of what it is and what it does to your body, but what is like the actual like diagnosis of Crohn's? What does that mean? The Crohn's cell, in a sense, the bacteria kind of mimics the uh, red blood cells in a sense. So my white blood cells end up killing everything. So I have to constantly replenish. Also, it causes almost like a, decay of your GI tract. So it can ruin the lining of your intestines. It causes you to not be able to digest food properly, like different types of food. Like you have to cancel out a lot of different things because it's just caused your intestines and your whole GI tract to become almost soft. It causes deterioration of your whole GI tract. This makes your joints swell. I found out that was another symptom of it is that every joint in your body could just swell up at any moment, at any time. How does that affect you as a wrestler? I know you've taken time off before due to dealing uh, with Crohn's, but I mean, on like a day-to-day basis for you, I mean, when you're on the road, you're traveling, you're taking bumps, all of those things, how does that affect you? Uh, It causes damage to to my body. Obviously, I love it because I continue to keep doing it because I won't take no for an answer. But all the bumps are not good for the body. It's a lot like the traveling and especially on like hard planes. That's why I carry like a a pillow with me just to make it a little bit more comfortable for myself. It's rough. 
like, especially when you're not at home and you don't have the certain foods that are around that you like to eat, or, you know, that are tolerant to your body, like it gets a little difficult, but, uh, with proper planning, like I do a, a lot of planning beforehand and making sure I got all like my products and my medicine and stuff like that, just to, uh, kind of like if any flare ups come up, I'm just prepared. Damn kudos to you that you were just like, F it. I'm still doing my thing. I'm not being derailed. Keeping going. I guess taking no for an answer is like part of my, my thing. My dad says that uh, we're a part of the Balanta tribe and they're the people that resist. In a sense, they've always been resistful. So they, uh, the colonization did not happen anywhere near, near them. They just like up and left. They up and leave every time like, ah, I'm not doing this. I'm fighting. And then they're like, all right, now I'm gone. I've wrecked shit and I'm out. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> right. not serving me anymore. Thank you so much. Exactly. Like I'm gone. So like when the doctor's telling me, oh, you'll never be in sports again. Uh, because I had to, of course, learn how to walk over again for the second time in my life after that first surgery. When did you have to learn how to rewalk the first time? I was in ninth grade and I was a goalie. And this girl didn't like the fact that I was just like blocking all of her shots or whatever. And she came into pretty much my, my goalie post. And I remember I got up, I caught the ball and I kneed her in the face, like right in the chin, just. And she had it out for me the rest of the game and ended up pushing me into the goalpost. So she, when she pushed me in the goalpost, I wrapped around it and my foot got caught in the net. So I was hanging upside down. The next morning, I woke up paralyzed from the neck down. What did you hit? Like, what happened? I can't remember exactly what part the doctor said that I hit, but they were saying that it was a hard enough impact. And of course, I sat down for like a, a couple of minutes and I was right back in the game because I felt fine. Because I kept going, the doctor said that it something, I guess, must have, something happened. Either way, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't move. And it was about a week that I was just stuck. And I was bedridden. And the doctor was like, if this happens again, it will be permanent. You cannot play soccer ever again. And it just, like, broke my heart. So you said, okay, I'm going to go be a professional wrestler. How did you come to that conclusion? Okay, so like, what kind of conversations were you having with your family? Were you having with yourself to like, to want to pursue this other avenue, given the things that you've been through? Well, first, I had a conversation with Cedric, because it was something that I, I wanted to do when I was little. And it was on my list of things to do. Because like I said, my mom said I could be anything. So I wrote a list. <laughs> and the last thing on the list was wrestler. And um, at the time, I was dating, you know, my now husband, Cedric. So I was like, I want to do this. And he kind of grilled me. And I was just like, he's like, look, if you're going to do this, you're going to be a wrestler, not a female wrestler, but just a wrestler. Like, I'm going to hit you the exact same, you know, these bumps and these boards don't care if you're female or male, like they're going to hurt regardless. My parents was a harder sell. Definitely. My mom's has seen everything that I've gone through. So she just still cannot fathom like why I'm still doing it. She thinks it's just She's like, no, this is just not for you. She's like, I know you're defiant to the end. She's like, but <laughs> she's still like, oh, I support you. But it's also like, I want you to take care of yourself first and foremost. Okay, so if this was AJ in your situation, roles are reversed. What would your advice be to her? My advice would be to her that, hey, this is your life to live. I can only give you like my little tidbit of, hey, make sure you take time to relax. Make sure you take time to heal your body. 
you know, properly. And then, hey, if you, you can do it, go for it. You can do everything. Let's talk a little Cedric here. When did you guys, how long have you guys been together? Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, about 10 years of married for almost four. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be four in June. How did you guys get together? What was that first date like? What was the, what was this love struck moment that happened between you two? Well, I saw him at a pro wrestling show called Pro Wrestling Evo in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, my friend was like, hey, can you drive me to my show? I just, I need to, you know, my friend Rob was like, I just need help. Da, 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 da. And I was his boss at the time. I was working at GameStop. I was like, all right, fine. I'll take you to your show. You know, give me gas money. It's whatever. I'm thinking it's 30 minutes away. That mug was three hours and like 10 minutes away. What? Ah, Renee, like... Thank God it wasn't this day and age with these gas prices. Shit. I drove an Acura TSX at that time, a straight six. He did not know how to drive stick shift. So it was just me. It was six hours and like 25 minutes because I lived out in the boonies, North Carolina. No. (laughs) Honey, I learned learned a lesson that day. I tell you what, like I'm dressed down. Like I have my Marvin and Martian hat on. I'm in scrubs. I was looking a hot mess. But... I saw Cedric walk past because I'm already angry, but he perked me right on up. I was like, oh, who is this man with that fat ass? Like, he's <laughs> booty. Like, I love He's stacked in the back. Cedric is, is stacked in the back. He is. I love, I love <laughs> booty in general. I don't care who it's on. I'm like, that's a nice butt. Like, <laughs> I saw him and I was like, I got to talk to this man. And then I looked at what I was wearing and I was like, damn you, Rob. I was like, come here, Robin. And he told me everything about him. And uh, I was like, you know what? Bump it. So I stole his number out of Robin's phone. And I walked right up to Cedric and I introduced myself. And then I punched him in the chest. As one does. Yeah, it's very like kids, you know, school, grade school type of thing. Because I just like to try stuff out just to see if it works. Because confidence was just through the roof. (laughs) So I punched him and he ended up liking it. So I would go back to other shows and everything. He'll never let me live this down. Like he was talking to somebody. They weren't dating. Let's just be clear. They were not (laughs) dating. It was still fair game. So they they were, they were, you know, talking or whatever. And I ended up like telling him to walk me out to my car, like at this second show and ended up giving him a kiss. And I was like, you're going to come and see me one day. And then I look over the shoulder and homegirls just staring and looking. I was like, oh, you know what? If you had... This man, like you thought you did, uh, you should have been over here, like snatching him back, but you didn't. So, (laughs) so he ended up driving like back from an ROH show. And this is how I knew that it was real. He drove from Baltimore back home because he had to do something for his mom. And then he got back in the car that same day he got back, drove three hours to come see me. I was like, I think this is going to be a little bit more because at first, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm just thinking this is just going to be a fling. That's what I was looking for at the time. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, we just had a moment where we looked at each other and it was like, I think this is a little bit more. And what kind of sealed it is I told him to choose a, a movie for us to watch like the next day. And I have like hella movies. And he picked the five heartbeats, which is my favorite movie of all time. 
I don't know the five heartbeats. What is that? Listen, it's a it's a film by Robert Townsend, and it's like a parody of The Temptations, basically. So like you you follow this like this uh, this group, and um, their their woes and you know highs and lows and stuff of being signed and everything and going out and singing and everything. It's just a heartfelt classic from Robert Townsend. Yeah, I don't know that. Oh man, I used to watch it all the time when I was like three. Shouldn't have been watching. I was three, but I was quoting it and watching it. And it's been my favorite ever since. And he picked that one out of hundreds. And I just was like, true love. Okay, so now you're married, husband and wife. You've got your baby. But you said earlier that the doctor said that you weren't supposed to have kids. What was that moment like of being like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant? What? Like, what was that like for you? I was so nervous because at the time, like, I was like, we cannot afford a child. That's immediately what went through my, my head. I was like, we cannot afford a kid. And I found out I was pregnant and I came out with that test, Renee. And I was like, I don't know what Cedric's about to do. We have our little two bedroom, two bath apartment in Charlotte. I showed him the thing, the test. He went straight for the Ciroc. <laughs> <laughs> he downed it like the whole bottle and just went out in the balcony and just had a good cry. No. He came back in drunk as hell. And he's like, you got to feed my baby in there. <laughs> like turns into like this mushy person. Like he ended up passing out on the floor. I had to pick him up. Luckily I was like still strong. <laughs> oh yeah. I know. That, that's <laughs> right. still last. Don't, don't lift anything over 20 pounds. Okay. Right. Yeah. That was uh-huh. really, yeah, No, I was lifting his behind up and this was like big set. So like I was, <laughs> ugh, I was heaving and hoeing, but it was an interesting night, but it was definitely comical. He had me rolling the entire night. And I was honestly, I just like, I thank God because I was like, you know what? Doctor said this, but I know you have the final say so. And obviously (laughs) they're wrong because here I am pregnant, (laughs) not knowing what to do. Oh my gosh. I mean, what a shock. It's such a crazy, like, I mean, John and I, we were trying when we, when I got pregnant with Nora, but, um, yeah, I mean, that was even then. Cause like I kept getting no, 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 no. That I was like, this is simply not happening was like about to start IVF had it at the house and then like we were sitting down on the couch and I went to go make a cocktail and I'm like let me just check really quick before I get into this little drinky poo here then I was like wait what soon as it like turned positive and John passed me in the kitchen I like had it on the kitchen counter I was like I'm just gonna wait and see like wait for it to switch over as soon as he walked in the kitchen, it switched over and said positive. And I was like, I shoved it in his face. And he was like, what? He actually, he didn't even say anything. We had a Walgreens across the street from us. So he like ran to the Walgreens, bought like seven more pregnancy tests. He was like, I got to make sure. Yeah, I know. Let's make sure. Because there has been a lot of negatives until now. But yeah, so crazy. It's such a, such a cool experience. I, I remember because I was in the hospital the second time. And, you know, you go through your stages. And I got to the stage of like, God, get me out of here and I'll X, Y, and Z. <laughs> I was bargaining up a storm. And I said, I would name my firstborn after Queen Esther. Cause I would, I would read that, that book of the Bible, like over and over again for the, like the second bout of like Crohn's. And I was like, I'm naming after, I'm naming after her. And her Hebrew name was Odessa. And so I, I should have known it was a girl. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, I was like, well, I'm pregnant. And I, I was like, I already know her name. 
I was like, I, I promised this a long time ago. This has nothing to do with you, Cedric. I was like, we can discuss the middle name. I was like, but that first name has to be this. It was so like divine because like the important date in Queen Esther's life when she like helped the Jews was December 13th. And that was also AJ's birthday. That's crazy. What's the J? Johnson. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey guys, if you're here listening to the sessions, thank you. Hello, hi. And you love some combat sports, well, be sure to check out Boxing with Chris Mannix. It's every Friday as he talks with the biggest names in boxing, UFC, and yes, even the occasional wrestling superstar. Chris is one of the most passionate and influential voices in the sport, and he's here every week to help you get smarter on all things boxing. He'll also help you win some money on FanDuel with his weekly betting segment where he breaks down the best bets for all the big fights. Download Boxing with Chris Mannix only here on the Volume Podcast Network. You have lived like such a big life. You've done so many things. I mean, just from like the things that you have been through uh, emotionally, physically to, you know, having this wrestling career. But even before that, I mean, being in the Air Force, like what was, what was that like? How did that set you up for like wrestling life? It taught me to be in a man's world. Uh, Military is a man's world. I know some people probably won't like me saying that, but it is, especially in my field. I was a fire truck mechanic. That was a man's like arena, except for when you needed somebody small to get into a a bay door or take out a deuce and a half. And I'm the only person that could fit. But it taught me to navigate in those waters because usually I'm just, you know, I was like, whatever, you know, young spirited person. But you get in there and you have structure. So it very much. It taught me a lot of structure. Because I used to be like a ticker bouncing off the walls. So it, it taught me how to handle structure and how to handle uh, authoritative figures. You know, especially those who like to, I don't want to say abuse their powers. but Swing they like their to, dick a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They like to use them a lot. Okay. So it taught you how to deal with that, which I've always kind of struggled with that as well, where I'm like, I can be so combative when it comes to things like that. I'm like can I just like strike a balance here a little bit? Um, I, I do find it kind of hard to deal with that. What's like your tool? Oh, I love, I feel statements. That's my best. I was like, you can't get mad at how I feel. Oh, well, I feel like this thing, <laughs> and I'll give my, my input in a very nicer way. Uh, to try not to be uh, abrasive, but assertive. Plus I do things with a smile until it changes. And then people know like, oh, okay. She's not playing right now. Like, you know, Mama Mo comes in or Auntie Swole, whatever like, they like to call me. Like, <laughs> it changes. And I'm like, oh, I know you're not talking to me like that. I believe that it was um, Auntie Swole that stepped in when Emilio claimed that he wanted to shave yes. his beard. And you yeah, said, hell I was no. Like, hell no. I was like, put a stop to that right now. I was like, I will crack that belt over that hind part. Don't, don't do this to yourself. Emilio, do you have a rebuttal to this? Is there anything you would like to add to this conversation? No, I actually feared the ass whooping. So I was like, I'm going to keep my beard for Wale Mania. And it's still growing strong, Auntie. So it's still here. Good, sugar. Listen to your elders. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. Um, okay, before we wrap up here, I want to talk to you about your music because that's also another thing that you dabble in. What are you working on? What are your influences? What are you listening to? I want like the whole deal. I am 
working on my album. I'm finally putting together a nice little EP uh, for the people. It's going to have a very, like I'm a, you know, I'm a 90s kid. So it's going to have very 90s aesthetic. So side A, side B is going to have different vibes. You know, I really like listening to like Neo Soul and like Van, Van Jess and uh, Lucky Day. Jasmine Sullivan, like I love, I love listening to people like that. But also, <laughs> I guess depending on what mood I'm in, I like Megan Stein and I like Doja Cat. You know, I like I like uh, Ari Lennox. I like to listen to those people or rap like Jay Z, Nas, Kanye. You know, when he acting right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which these days is far and few between. Yeah, I'd be like, bro, handle yourself. I know, poor guys. I know. Uh, Carly Bravo. I listen to. I listen to. Him because I like the I like the vibe that he he has uh, has a certain aesthetic that I I just like to get down to especially like the you know workout too so I'm definitely going to have him on the album uh, you know talking to Swerve and Montezzi of course you know Rich Lotta has produced a lot of my different tracks he produced my new track that I'm coming out to the Swole World gimmick the new theme song who else am I working with What was it like working with Swerve because you were featured on his album as well Yeah Yeah it's it's amazing that's my brother. Like that's we go back like full flats on the Cadillac, seeing him evolve from like this person that didn't rap to now he's just like coming off the dome. His flow is sick. It's just nice and everything like that. Like it was just great for him to have that trust in me for his first album, for their first, you know, collab album. And just like, sis, I, I got this track and I need your voice on it because like I'm not a traditional singer in a sense. You know, I'm not like hitting those falsettos. I mean, I can or whatever, but I like sultry sounds i like using my vibrato a lot and uh just you want to put a little purr on it yeah just a little ella or a little dorsey dandridge if you will (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah something something a little old like i like to intertwine different things and listen to a lot of old stuff that i guess it kind of just brought it into that thing. He trusted me enough to like come up with the hook on my own and everything. He didn't want to like crowd my process, even allowed me to write different lyrics for different like songs and stuff like that, just to kind of get the wheels turning. When's your EP going to be coming out? I don't know. I'm just not, not rushing it. I just want to let it marinate. Um, in and out of the studio as of late, just I put in the tracks down. I like to have a plethora and then narrow them down into my final, my final eight. And then do like video packages, of course, for them because they don't do music videos anymore. And I think that that should come back. It was so dope. Also, like, was anything cooler than, I mean, for me, when Beyonce did Lemonade before Beyonce, right? Or was it the other way? Do I have them backwards? Uh, the but Beyonce is self, self-titled with, and then Lemonade. Yes. But either but either way, for both of them, when she had like the whole video, like films that went with the whole thing was like, oh my God. I was living, living for that Beyonce album. Like it came out as I, like on the day I gave birth. <laughs> so it was, it was a glorious day all around for me. But like just watching her and watching like what she's done. I'm like, you're such a visionary and the people you have around you and how you're networking across to make this happen with people who are unknown to some people. It's amazing. Like we should all aspire to be so creative and let our creative flow like that. For real. I know that used to be like, my go-to, have a couple glasses of wine. I'd be like, John, we've got, like, I made him watch that Beyonce thing. Like, I can't even tell you how many times. And he's like, listen, I'm not complaining. If that's the thing that you want to put on and we're going to watch tonight, then hey, so be it. Um, But man, yeah, I I love that. And you're right. People just don't, 
people don't lean into the music video anymore or it's like, you know, there's nowhere really for them to live except for on Vimeo or if it's Vimeo, the, the money, Vimo, maybe, maybe Vimo. Vimeo. Vimo, Vimo, it's Vimo. Yeah, that's what we're trying to get to it. Vimo. I was like, um, it's funny because I was listening to, um, I really like Casey Musgraves a lot. And I was like, I'm just like introducing different music to my daughter. So I put it on YouTube and I was like, I've never even thought to look up these music videos and they do exist, but that you just, you don't really know because no, they're just not being released in the same way that they used to. Yeah, it's sad. Unless you're on YouTube, then uh, there's no like TRL or 106 and Park for us to like, oh, here's the countdown of the top, you know, 10 music videos type thing. This is a tough question that I have for you. You get to listen to one 90s girl group for the rest of your life. What is it? Spice Girls. Oh, you didn't even hesitate. Oh, I don't need to hesitate. Like that. <laughs> They they are my girls. <laughs> Talk about a good music video. They knew how to put the music videos together. Man, yes. Like I I still pop in my Spice World VHS. Yes, I have it on like streaming services and stuff like that. Like, but it's not nostalgic. Like, look, tracking. And all right, AJ, let me show you this classic here. Look, doing the dance moves in the middle, in the middle of the like, living room. Shake it, move it, make it. Who do you think you are? Yes. Oh, my uh, God. I was obsessed. It. I truly thought being a Spice Girl was my first career choice. Um, it, things fell through. Um, but that's what I wanted to be was a Spice Girl. Yes. But we're, we're still about girl power. Yes, between we the sexes. are. Mwah. Girl power. <laughs> Yeah, they were just the best. Oh, my gosh. Well, who's yours? Does No Doubt count? It does count. I mean, I mean, given that the boost was the 2000s, I still consider them 90s because I still listen to them in the 90s. My gut knee-jerk reaction is to say No Doubt because for me, Gwen Stefani is just so damn cool. Love me some Gwen. But also... I was driving to Toronto recently and I listened to, um, oh my God, now I'm going to forget. Let me look up the actual name of the album so that I don't fuck it up. Um, very necessary, obviously. Duh. I was listening to Salt and Peppa, very necessary, which was like, I was so obsessed with that album that when I still put it on, I know every little verse, I know every word, I know where every little thing is dropping in. But it's so funny the way that like, I almost wish it like there's things that you could delete out of your brain to make room for new things. Cause I'm like, do I need to know every little bit of very necessary at this point? I mean, I don't know, but it holds up. I saw them in concert one time. It was like old school, like very old school. So Dougie Fresh was there. Naughty by Nature was there. Houdini. It was a night. Ah, and it was great. Cause like, we got invited backstage. It was great to meet them and stuff. It was just one of the, one of the best concerts I've, I've been to was there, was theirs. And of course, well, no doubt had it put on a good concert. And Paramore opened for them. I saw that tour too. Yes. That yes. Was so lit. Oh my God. I was so excited to see Paramore open for no doubt. Like what a passing of the torch. Right? Uh, it man, I I lived. And and when they said they weren't doing misery business anymore, I was like, at least I got to see it. <laughs> I got to hear it. Well, I got experience. I never meant right. to you talk so about somebody good. having a headache from jumping the whole entire time. <laughs> Man. Uh. 
That was a really great concert. Like I, mm-hmm. I actually was just like transported back to like where my seats were, how I could see the stage. Like I, I totally just, yeah, my memory entirely just jogged back there. So good. Um, okay. And of course it would be remiss for me to not ask you about your relationship with AEW now and what all went down there. That was like a total swerve because we were just on such a high with all of that other shit to be like, hey, by the way, can we end on this downer? Well, it's not really a downer for me. I mean, because like I still have love for the people there at AW. Like I still have friends and everything like that. I'm supportive. Like I still watch their matches and everything. Everything that went down kind of just went as a surprise for me. I didn't necessarily know he was going to react like that. But I mean, that's just his God given right. I thought we was cool. But my line is still open, like for TK for AEW, because I don't like to burn any bridges. I just like to tell the truth. These are my opinions. These are my experiences. And I feel like they shouldn't have been blown out of proportion as much as they have. And I feel like people were doing more invalidating than actually actively listening and comprehending what I was saying. So, in a sense of where, like, my relationship with certain fans, it's kind of like, ah, ah. But uh, as far as AEW, like I just I really wish them the best because I don't want anybody getting out of the job. Competition is amazing for wrestling. We've been waiting for something like this for a very long time. Like this is great. I feel like especially in this business, but especially in, in the world, but especially with these folks, if everybody just puts down the knives and pick up a fork, everybody can eat like there's places for people to eat everywhere. But people are so busy trying to be like, oh, this is my slice. This, you know, this is mine. This is mine. And like a lot of pointing and back and forth and like, oh, it's a war. It's this, this, this. No, it's just this competition. It's just a place where people can eat and a place where you can put food on your table, a place where you can actually have some pride. I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of like people dragging each one. You won't hear me say like, oh, I wish that this company would go to crap or like the different comments that people have been saying about people working with WWE versus people working with AEW. I'm like, you guys just chill. We're just here to watch wrestling. How is that for you? I mean, just sort of seeing like the the fan reactions to like people are either all pro WWE or they're pro AEW and they're, it's kind of hard to find that in-between balance, it almost seems. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me because behind that whole wall you have a whole bunch of wrestlers who talk to each other yeah yeah so a whole bunch of friends who are like laughing at the whole situation like all right this is a little too much you know like you guys are doing a little too much <laughs> like i don't like i don't care like you're pro WWE. great you like to watch that just because i'm pro hawaiian punch don't mean i don't like high <laughs> yeah it's a different 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 taste right what is juice? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Either way, I'll take right, it. Right, I'll take it. I'm like, I don't like. I'm like, it's just, it's just wrestling. I'm just trying to see my friends succeed. Yeah. And I feel like fans, if you are a true fan of wrestling, you should want the wrestlers to succeed wherever they're at. During the pandemic, it was a lot of you and Britt really holding things down. What was that time like for uh, for you guys to be? Yeah, I mean, just really in the thick of things the way that you were. It was stressful because you have so much riding on your back. It was stressful, but also fun to like be that person. Like, hey, I'm introducing this this division with you know with Brit to the rest of the world. You know, this is a whole new company, and I was just like, this is amazing to have this storyline. Like when they approached me 
and asked me who I wanted to be in a storyline with, I literally was like, not, nothing against the rest of the women that were on the locker room, but I just felt like uh, our banter would be so great. And that's what it was because like, we would talk regularly and text each other and be like, hey, hey girl, da 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 Like, we call ourselves the Bellas. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of people out there that probably like call it like, you know, your friend the Bellas or whatever. But like, we, we do the dance and everything. Like, oh it was my just like, God. yeah, bro, yo, we were a mess backstage. Like, you can you know, look, like, you can but look, you can't touch. <laughs> Paige and I used to do that too. Paige and I would right? also like, throw it, was just it down. Fun to do. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So I knew that we would bounce off each other and it would be good chemistry. And that's what I was. I was like, look, we need good TV. Like our matches, you know, would be fine. We have the people that's going to work with us and stuff like that. I was like, but we need good TV. We need something that's going to hold people captive. And with me, I love comedy. I love you know have a little action in between there, get a little persona in there, and it just just kind of work. What's going to be next? What shows do you have coming up? What are some of the things that you want to be on? What's, what's the, what's the deal? Well, I have battle clubs. I'm still icons champion at battle club in New York on uh, April 20th. I'm facing Trish door. Uh, so that's going to be fine. Cause she's one of my favorite opponents. Um, May 13th, I'm going to be in wrestle lab at show Bunga, Mr. Grimm in that show. Um, and then I, well, I can't tell you who my opponent is, but I do have another one in June. Uh, I'm not just kind of like not I'm stretching myself thin in a sense. I'm just like cause letting, letting my body really heal after, you know, all this. Because sure. it's just, like I said, it's been a time. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, I'm actually looking forward to kind of wrestling the people that just have like just been recently released and stuff like that. Wrestling some of my, some of my friends that I haven't been able to get inside of a ring with, like Nixon Newell. Like, I would love to, you know, have a little bout with her, Athena. I missed Athena because she was on her way out as I was coming up. And I was like, dang. Now you can finally hook up with some people that uh, have become available. Exactly. I want to wrestle uh, Janai Kai. I remember, like, helping her train way back when and just seeing her growth so far. I'm like, oh, I'm proud. Proud Auntie Swole. Proud Auntie Swole. Well, I'm so happy that we got to do this again, that uh, the audio has not been blown up by a crying baby. uh, And I feel like we could uh, really have some cool conversations, but happy to see that you are just like glowing. You seem like you're in a really great place right now. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see where you're going to pop up next. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, girl. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out. A big thank you to Big Swole for hanging out with me a second time around for what I believe to be a much better interview. Thank you, girl. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for understanding. Hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode. And yeah, looking forward to seeing where Swole ends up next. Hearing some of her music when it comes out. Excited to hear this EP and all that is on there. Um, This has been The Sessions. Um, next week. What do we have lined up for next week? I've actually been thinking about, um, and I was messaging Emilio about this earlier, about him and I maybe doing these intros and outros together, you know, just having like a chit chat amongst friends, what's going on through the week, a little life catch up. So we might start implementing that into the show. I don't know if you guys need to know these things. I just, I like, I like bringing you along for the journey. This is my thought process. Also, how do you guys feel about doing some YouTube live interviews? I just do the sessions, but live on YouTube. And if you want to watch it live with us, you can. If you just want to listen to the podcast form afterwards, you can. If you want to just watch the interview after, you can. 
I think that would be really, really cool because you guys can like participate and ask some questions and it can be a real fun group hang. Can you please stop moving the mic away from my mouth, baby? People need to hear. What a stern look. Wow. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys next week. This has been The Sessions. Bye.